Yeah, we were just doing rogue stuff, so we didn't talk about it. Because we didn't mention thermology, ther- whatever I think it is. Thermaturgy and hellish rebuke. Harland, what was that? Thermology. What is that the study of? Thermometers. Thermogenics. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thermogenics. No, it, like he, he's like he said, he should have started his stuff outside the case. They always suggest. You're right. You're absolutely right, Harlan. I didn't find that until afterwards. That guy should have said that because you because this video is like your first PC build, and I was like, great. That's why you should never go to the Ship in the Bottle YouTube channel for PC build instructions <laughs> because I can see how that guy's context is a little off. Are you just liquid cooling the whole case or you just liquid cooling the just processor? The CPU. Just the CPU. the CPU. So I bought one, right? I paid I paid a hundred dollars for it. Uh-huh. And then you bought the wrong size radiator. That sounds like you're building like a 1930s fucking <laughs> skyscraper now. Like the radiator, Tom. <laughs> I use my monitors for work. I need all three of them. Three. I had to go- no, Mr. Yeah, Money Bags. Yeah. What, what do you do with the third one? That's that's a porn monitor. I mean, we don't <laughs> yeah. fucking know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome to the Gimme the Loot Podcast, the Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition actual play podcast. Where if the players don't learn from the first explosion, they're certainly not going to learn from the second. My name's Turner. I'll be your Dungeon Master and host of pre-show announcements at least until my mustache finally grows in and I can really get my Nick Offerman cosplay off and running. Episode 15. As I've mentioned in previous announcements, with trimming the episodes down to a shorter format, we are going to shoot for a weekly release schedule. We're not quite there yet where we can guarantee it every week, but this particular week it worked out and we definitely will continue to release on the standard bi-weekly schedule. So you're getting this one a little bit early and I was excited to get it to you because it means we're getting closer to wrapping up the Hex and the Sagacity arc, which is somewhat of a transitional arc that sets up our heroes to go out on their individual journeys, which will be starting in just the next couple of episodes. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. We absolutely appreciate you making time for us in your busy podcast listening schedule. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, mostly Twitter, at GMDLCast. So give us a follow and give us a shout. And speaking of feedback, when you get a second, head over to whichever podcast platform provides you with your entertainment and rate, review, and subscribe. That helps make us visible to even more listeners and warms our cold hearts more than any magically induced firestorm ever could. Our Patreon is live. We just posted the videos for round one of the tournament champion where the guys go head to head in a PVP streaming tournament. Round two will be posting up this week. And as always, we're working on production of the Hunter's Party, our supernatural D&D conversion podcast, which comes with some additionally supplementary material. And there's a ton of other great stuff you can get over there by heading over to patreon.com forward slash GMDLcast. Every dime of your support goes into helping make the podcast better through improving equipment and recording environments. And we sincerely appreciate you coming on board. If you can't support financially right now, we certainly understand, but there is something you can do to help the party. Tell somebody about the podcast, friends, family, coworkers, anybody who shares a common interest. Stay masked and stay socially distanced, but word of mouth is an incredibly valuable tool for a new podcast to get its feet under it and grow. And we do appreciate your support in any form or fashion. 
Okay, great. For announcements this week, as always, you can check out Jamie on the Three Angry Gamers podcast. Harlan is still doing appearances on the pop-up film cast. Give Fate a shout on Twitter. He's probably the most active cast member on social media right now. We'll put all that info in the show links below. I've got a couple of guest spots coming up on podcasts that were foolish enough to let me on to ramble about D&D until they stopped me. And I've got a couple of streaming appearances coming up for charity, specifically with the Games Tavern to help combat childhood hunger and with Jasper's Game Day for suicide awareness. And once I have the full details on those, we'll be posting those in the show notes as well. And that's pretty much it. Just a quick recap. Last episode, the party headed over to the Fields of Madness, encountered a totem pole which appeared to have the ability to take away their senses, blew themselves up once, fought some ankegs, blew themselves up a second time, and finally made it to that beanstalk. So we pick up with Harland as Todd the Tiefling, Andrew as Moyle Mossberg, Jamie as Eldrin Thaneros, Jazz as Fate, and Anthony as Babatunde. Once again, thank you for joining us. Hope you enjoy the show. The the beanstalk uh, spirals upward in a in a gentle slope. So it is actually it's it's almost like a little bit of a ramp. So you guys, there's no climbing or anything necessary. You're able to stroll quite easily in a circular pattern, higher and higher and higher. And it seems like there's a little bit of spatial distortion going because you'll walk about ten feet and look back, and you'll be up thirty feet. So after about a good 20 minutes of walking, you finally look back and it looks like you're several hundred feet above the ground and can see a a cloud bank approaching. You pass up through the cloud bank where the ramp terminates and you're able to kind of tentatively kind of step off onto the cloud and it feels like you're walking uh, almost on a mattress a little bit. And in front of you, about 30, 40 feet in front of you, you can see a towering palatial uh, fairy tale castle uh, with a variety of spires and turrets, uh, flags and pennants hanging off every uh, every tower and, and down from every window, encircled with a 30-foot high stone crenellated wall with a pair of ornate bronze doors sitting directly across the ramp in front of you. Your guys' instructions from Ognum were to take the package, place it in front of the door, knock, run back to the ramp, hide, and use your speaking stone to record the delivery. Who has the package? <laughs> Baba has it. Roll 1d6, somebody. Baba has it. Four. Moyle has it. But just because I rolled it? Yeah, I just went down the marching order and said Moyle has it. If it would have been six, it would have been dealer's choice. But oh, okay. you currently have it in your backpack. It's a, a medium sized box. I don't know, about two by two by two. Sealed wooden box. Man, I really wish I was as fast as Todd right now. I mean, he's pretty stealthy too. I think it's a safe bet. that. Uh, you said how far is it? Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I got this. I'm going to use my, uh, my stealth ability. About 35 feet from the ramp the other thing too, the proportions of the tower and the wall are are, gi- are giant. You you know you're here to meet or drop this off for a cloud giant. So what looks like a 30 foot tall wall with this giant gate is almost like a normal garden gate for for the giant. It's not like this huge defensive perimeter. But just a reminder, you are dealing with a giant. Okay, here's what I am thinking. I'm going to cast disguise self on myself and. Then I'm going to run with the box under my uh, left arm and uh, my one-handed hammer on my right hand. Yeah, it's just the same hammer. Okay. No. And uh, (laughs) run up and whack the uh, hammer against the door uh, three times rapidly run back. So in this scenario, what are you disguising yourself as? I thought I'm just invisible. 
No, no. <laughs> that's not what disguise self does. I cloud. Yeah. I will disguise myself as a small cloud. Uh, you make yourself, including your clothing, armor, weapons, and other belongings on your person, look different until the spell ends. Uh, you can seem one foot shorter or taller, can appear thin, fat, or in between. You can't change your body type, so you must adopt a form that has the same basic arrangement of limbs. Otherwise, the extent of the illusion is up to you. Okay, I have an idea. I will make myself look like Todd, and as soon as I get back, I turn back into Moyle. <laughs> okay, not a problem. So, is anybody going up there with him? Are the rest of you going to hide in the clouds? The clouds have very much the consistency of the fluffy batting that you would put inside of a pillow. So, you're actually able to pick it up and kind of mold it a little bit. Uh, and you, I mean, you guys could make like a little cloud bank to hide behind as you watch Moyle. And then I'm going to need to know who's filming on the uh, on the speaking and seeing stone that Ognum gave you. Oh, wait, can I actually, can I take that back? Although it was very clever. I know everyone loved it. Could I mm-hmm. use pass without trace? And then I wouldn't be noticed at all. Yes, absolutely. That would actually work on your entire party. So yeah, you could actually use that to give everybody a benefit. What do you think, guys? I, I kind of want to do, I think that might be the smartest, but I could do the um, disguise self in combination with mirror image. So it would look like there's five Todds, four Todds. What would the benefit of this be? <laughs> I think pass without trace is going to work. I think we should go. That seems right. like, yes. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm okay with this, I, yeah. One Todd is too many Todds. So. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is one Todd too many. All right, pass without trace it is. <laughs> Eldrin, that gives you a 30 on your stealth check. You guys turn around and Eldrin is pretty much bur- burrowed into the cloud bank. And you just see these eyes poking up. Oof. Five, seven, 24. That's a 34, Todd. 34. You guys don't even remember Todd who? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, we can't forget Todd. One of us has to record it. Uh, I say Todd should because he's got the most stealthy role. So, okay. No. What am I? Okay. You have to record it with the stone. You've got a speaking yeah. and seeing stone that you, mm-hmm. you hold up and it's a it's about a six inch wide stone with kind of a face chiseled into it. And when you push your fingers into the side, the eyes light up. There's a certain way to position your fingers where it's just a viewing and it's not picking up sound. So you're recording. Moyle, you go up, you drop the box at the front door. There is a knocker. Or what are you doing? Even though I see a doorbell and a knocker, I had already decided on the way uh, the run there to use the hammer. So I don't even think I okay. just use the hammer. Which hammer? The one-handed hammer. Thank you for asking. Uh, in my right, in my right hand. Are you hitting the, you're pounding on the door with it? Yeah. Three times. Okay. You pound on the door three times. You guys begin to hear the lumbering kind of booming step of a giant moving towards the gates. Moyle, you dash back and tuck yourself back into the clouds. You guys see a 18-foot-tall woman wearing robes and sandals with a little bit of a scholarly look to her. Her skin has a light blue tint to it, and occasionally there's the crackle uh, of lightning uh, across her skin, and there's a slight smell of ozone. She approaches the gate, opens it up, looks down, and sees the box, at which point it bursts into flames, and she goes, oh my god, and stomps it out, and there's just a, a sudden putrid stink 
that wafts over her and you. And you hear her, you see her raise her fist to the sky and go, oh, no! And begin scanning around and looking for for you guys. So I'm going to give you a perception check real quick to see if she spots anybody. Ooh, six. So she is scanning around, but she does begin to move towards the beanstalk, even though she hasn't spotted you guys yet. She is starting to head over that way because that is kind of the logical space to look. So... Can we leave? We got enough? Yeah, yeah. you guys can book if you want. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm leaving. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Wait, is there anywhere else to hide besides going down the beanstalk immediately? Uh, who cares? Yeah. I'll... No, going down the beanstalk <laughs> immediately is the correct course I've of action. i my yeah, Heavy fall and jump. (laughs) You guys go booking it down the beanstalk. The trip down is much easier and faster than the trip up. (laughs) You guys reach the base of it. She does not appear to pursue, and you have completed your first delivery slash prank war mission for (laughs) Ogden the Sage. The old flaming bag of shit trick works every time. We just ding dong ditch somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Todd, you hear a voice at the back of your head that goes, Todd, Todd, I need your help. Todd, I'm in the tower. I'm trapped. Can you help me? Todd. Make a wisdom saving throw, Todd. (laughs) You aren't compelled to go to the tower, but you do feel uh, like a pull towards it. Oh... The rest of you all heard that, by the way. That wasn't just in his head. You guys all no. heard a feminine light voice calling out to Todd and asking for help. Todd. And that's from the that's from the the, the beanstalk? The, the tower that's right next to the beanstalk. It's a 50-foot tall, featureless tower, granite blocks tightly mortared together with a crenellated top. There appear to be no doors and windows whatsoever, but you can hear this voice calling out to Todd, going, Todd. How do you know my name? Because I'm a magical prisoner in this tower, Todd. There's a way in at the top. Prisoner for what? Ooh. Did you do the crime? Because you might need to do the time. (laughs) Bars. Todd, I'm I'm a magical sword. Oh, shit. You didn't say it. (laughs) 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 You must know me. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I, I have killed some people, but because that's because... It's on a sword. That's what I'm supposed to do. Ask her how tall she is. Uh, I don't care. Uh, so, so. Well, you want her to be short, don't you? <laughs> listen, listen. Uh, so how do I get to you? Yeah, there's an entrance on the top of the tower. You would need to climb up and, and find your way in. That's I. That's all I know. Anyone else coming with me to get this door? How tall is this tower? How tall is this tower? It's a 50 foot tall tower. You could try and climb up it. I mean, it's it's going to be an extremely high DC check just to climb up it if you just tried to scale the walls. So my jump, so jump ring do its thing? Wait, wait, wait a second. I got an idea here. The old fate noodle is cooking. If the answer is firebolt, that is not the fucking solution. <laughs> no, no, no. However, how far is it from tower to beanstalk? 45 feet. Oh. Feather fall. Wait, wait. Tell me what you want to do and I'll tell you if it works. He wants me to climb up and just jump. Uh, I was going to say we just climb way up the beanstalk and then jump to the tower. With feather fall, you could make that work, but there would be some kind of skill check to see if he could glide in the right direction with a mm. poor roll resulting into him drifting into a random feature of the field. Okay, so, so, all right, I got a plan, got a plan. What if I had the three guys kind of catapult me up with a 
jump, like hit their hands together. I run, they lift me up. I then use my jumping ring to get to the extra feet that I need to get to the top of this. And if I fail, someone cast feather fall on me immediately. <laughs> okay, guys, are we with this plan? Uh, how, how much damage would he take if I'm a little slow? It's a D6 for every 10 feet after the first 10 feet. I have a climbing speed. You do. Like, I can just climb. It's a thing. Okay, so so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even with your climbing speed, Bobby, that assumes you're able to dig your claws in. This is almost a smooth feature. It looks like a polished marble almost with razor thin mortar joints between the stones. Mm-hmm. You would be able to make it at a flat climbing check at a standard DC, but you would still have to make the check. Yeah. Could he use his uh, his rope, his hemp rope to get up there? Once I get up there. You no, know, but couldn't you, couldn't you throw it? You know, adventurers these days not having any fucking grappling hooks. When I was your age, every adventure I knew carried a fucking grappling hook. How do you guys not have one yet? Wait, what's in my pack? We have uh, the what's it called though the uh, the Jahammer Men. I can't remember the called. I, the the yeah, yeah, batons. I think I have those. Yes, and a hammer. <laughs> Your hammer. But I would say yeah, you guys would be able to to hammer them in. I'm not climbing up. <laughs> You're not climbing, not climbing up. I have an idea. Arrow. Tie an arrow. Tie a rope to the arrow and shoot the arrow, and the arrow will stick into the top of the tower. Then climb up. I, I would like this uh this sword. Um, so fate has an objection to all of this because everybody's idea sounds like a good way to get one person in instead of all of us in. So how about we climb back up the beanstalk? We go with Moyle's idea. Real quick, what's your strength modifier, Todd? One. Oh. So your normal high jump is three feet plus your strength modifier. Your normal long jump is your strength score. So what's your strength score? 12. Okay. So your normal long jump after a 10-foot running start is 12 feet. Your normal high jump with a 10-foot running start is four feet. The jumping ring triples that. So you would be able to jump 12 feet 12 feet high and 36 feet across. That's almost 50 feet. So I got a red crystal. Is that right? No, you guys blew that up. I'm sorry, Fade. I didn't mean to interrupt you. What was your plan? So let's climb up the beanstalk, tie a rope to some arrows, and fire it from beanstalk to tower and shimmy across. Zip line in. Why would we climb the beanstalk? Because it's taller than the tower and has straight access to the hole at the top of the tower to get in. And has an angry giant with shit on her foot. (laughs) She's way up there. She's up in the clouds. She's way up there. Yeah, you guys would only need to go 60 feet up the beanstalk, which you would be able to do. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's probably the best thing we got. If you wanted to jump off and glide down, I would say you would need to go up probably 100 feet to jump and glide. If you want to shoot an arrow down 60 feet, 70 feet should do it. But couldn't I, I could also uh, get a running jump from where I'm at, right? With the, with the, with the ring. Yes, you could go 60 feet up from the beanstalk or go 70 feet up the beanstalk, run down and then use your jump ring and jump across from the beanstalk to the top of the tower. Does that require an athletic check? Because I failed those all. The time. No, that would be that would be an acrobatics check. An acrobatics. I failed those also. Um, it's a dex check. You have dex. He just told me it's an athletic acrobatics. He didn't say dex. Hello. That's dex. Hello. Acrobatics is dex. Yes, dex athletics is strength. That's why you suck at it. Uh, well, that and just you comically roll low on those checks. Or I know. That's the worst part about it. So once again, the plan is, okay, the plan is we go up 50, 50 feet, 60 feet. 
I make a jump using the ring jump. If I fail this, I need feather fall because death. Wait, wait, <laughs> we all need feather. Wait, fall. no, you, not no, no. Because then once I get to the top, I'm going to bring drop a lower rope down. Okay, but my rope is fifty feet. It'll be good enough. So we don't want to just swing, slide down the rope from the beanstalk together. Like you could take the rope, tie it to the beanstalk, and then just we could all just slide down the rope like a zip line. You guys walk up the beanstalk 60 feet, look down on the top of the tower, and you can see in the center of the tower, there is what almost looks like a, a plug that would be in a bathtub drain with a ring sticking out of the top of it. So there's not a hole in the top of the tower, but there is what appears to be like almost a, a trap door that you could buy. It's a circular like plug in the top of the tower. Mm. Mm. See, now I'm not so sure. Yeah, I thought I got a red crystal. I mean, you got, you got a blue and white oh, crystal. Okay, that's yeah, what, that's a that's blue what, and white crystal. Yeah. And what powers does it have? <laughs> we don't know. Uh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know until someone identifies got it. Got it. And I got one more suggestion. I have an eight ball of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we stopped listening to more suggestions about 15 minutes, 20 minutes ago. That's literally one of my items. I so, <laughs> I, like, I forget where. I think at this point, Mario probably only has a teeth left of that eight ball. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I'm blaming it on Baggy. I think Baggy's been stealing. Here, boy, why don't know what you're talking about? <laughs> so while Eldrin and Todd are arguing about how the best way to get across is, do, let's say that conversation carries on for 10 minutes, yes? Sure. <laughs> That'll give me time to identify Moyle's uh, thing. Wait, what? What are you talking about? Moyle's thing? Yeah, what thing? Are you talking about micropenies? No, not not micropenies. I definitely don't need to identify micropenies. You already did that. No, I I can cast identify on your um. You guys finalize your plan while I'm looking this up. Listen, I, I'm jumping. Zipline it. I'm just saying, zipline down from here. Ty can go first. Tie it around the thing. Todd's six feet from the edge, and he's jumping. I'm running. I'm going to try to make this check. Like I said, as I'm falling, I need feather fall cast on me immediately. Just tie the rope around your waist, and we'll tie the other end of this this uh, beanstalk right here. You're good. And I'm tying it to what again? When I get up there, uh, it's a it's a crenellated stop. You would be able to loop it around one of okay. uh, a crenellated one of the. Uh... All right, sure. That's what y'all want to do. I'm going to be on the other side, so. So you don't need feather fall? No, 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 no. That was an important part of the, of the plan. Yes, I'm going to need feather fall. All I know is that Todd is really determined to jump, and I think that nobody should push him because he's close to the edge. I might lose my head. And Todd cries out to Moyle, save me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Todd, you're going to go for it? Yep. Do it. I'm going for it. I'm using my um, ring of jumping, and I'm going to take a little running head, a, a little running jump, and I hopefully am going to make the distance from the beanstalk to the top of the tower. Uh, it's an Iune Stone of Protection. Mm, cool. Once you're attuned to it, you basically toss it up in the air and it starts rotating around you like it's in orbit of you and adds a plus one to your armor class, Moyle. Okay, so what do you call it? A what of? 
Ayun, I'm sorry, I'm saying this wrong. I, it's I-O-U-N. Ayun? Ayun Stone? Ayun. All right, Todd, you're going? Yep, athletics check. Acrobatics check, right? Acrobatics check. Oh, come on. 14. <laughs> 14? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, man. I'm sorry. Moderate difficulty is a 15. And this was definitely not an easy jump. I wouldn't say it was impossible. I would say moderate. So you see, guys see Todd get a 10-foot running. Even with the ring of jumping, it's a moderate jump? Dude, there's still a certain amount of, of skill required to run 10 feet down a spiraling magical beanstalk, <laughs> leap off the edge through the air to where you can split the uprights on a crenellated tower <laughs> and land and come to a top. And God, you get so fucking close, Todd. You get your running start. You're coming down with extra speed. You get to the edge. You power your leg off right as you activate your ring of jumping, sail across it, and you know you're going to make it until about two thirds of the way through the jump. <laughs> and then you realize, Oh shit, I am going to come up just a little short and you stretch your hand out and your fingertips just graze the lip of the tower and you are falling. Oh, cast it. Cast it. Somebody. Oh, here comes feather fall. Did we not tie a rope around we your waist? We did tie a rope around my waist, but if you ever had a rope snap on your waist from 50 feet, <laughs> Eldrin, were you holding on to that rope? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I, th- I, I mean, I thought I said I tied it to the beanstalk. I am pretty sure I said we tied it to the beanstalk, oh, but that's okay. We all- yes. okay. That was that was kind of the whole plan. Yes. Okay. I'll allow it. Okay. You hear the twang of the rope as Todd uh, begins to drift downwards. Do you do cast it? Well, if, if he doesn't need it. <laughs> 5 d6 damage. He would take 5 d6 damage from. Oh well, then I'll I'll do the. <laughs> I thought the rope. It sounded like the rope was enough, but he drifts down gently. Todd, if you want to run up to the top and make another attempt, I will give you one more attempt before your jump spell wears off. If you dash right back up, gotta do it. Yeah, use that six minute mile. This feather fall still. This feather fall still. Same, same same time limit. One Ooh, minute. Go. Let's go. I'm up there fast. Roll. Just roll. <laughs> Don't think. Roll. Oh. 20. Oh, good God. <laughs> so you scramble back up and maybe it's running up the ramp gives you the little bit of extra push that you need, but you leap off this time. And weirdly enough, the feather fall kicks in. So you just drift across in slow motion, <laughs> kind of legs pumping in the air, kind of moon gravity jump and you land right on top, rope in tow. You're able to tie it off to the top of the tower and you guys can then zip line over pretty easily. Sweet. All right, so you guys are at the top of the tower. There's a circular plug in the tower closing it off. So we're all standing there looking at the plug, right? Who who wants to pull the plug? Um, Uh, So Kate, fat cast firebolt. What? Are you- <laughs> no, no more fireball. <laughs> but he just he just throws it over. He just just to, just to screw with everybody. He just kind of summons the fire in his hand and he throws it back over his shoulder off the side of the tower. So it just hits the ground harmlessly. Okay. What fate didn't do is do a perception check before he cast that firebolt. Oh! Ah! <laughs> no! Oh my god! <laughs> so fate. I'm going to roll a luck check real quick. Oh, Jesus. Fate. Trying to be funny. Oh, boy. Trying being the key word there. Oh, no. 
Oh, 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 oh. Oh, no. That's a good D20 roll for you. It's either good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's either good or bad. And all, every roll is either good or bad. It's really good or really bad. It's a luck roll. There is. Oh, that's a lot of dice. <laughs> oh, it's not good. It's not good. Oh, I don't like that at all. Oh, that's, that's bad. That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> right, you see fate burst into flames. And fate, you take 29 points of damage as you are engulfed in a blue and white sparking arcane fire that burns you to your core. Oh, no. Oh, God. His hair is ablaze. <laughs> I think he's dead. I'm I'm down. I think he's dead. I'm down. I'm all the way down. (laughs) Okay. Fate, give me a death saving throw. What are you guys doing? What are we doing? Moyle, do you got a healing spell? You want to, you want to keep him from, um, let's see. Guys, this is a quick thinking situation. Death saving throw. That's a fail. That's a fail. That's one. I'm a, I'm a cure wounds. Okay. Boom. All right. Fate, you are back up with nine hit points. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) And I think I'm out. So fate, you are back up. Now they, the fire only burns you. So all your gear is intact but you are shaken to the core. Yeah. I mean, that was an excruciating experience because it wasn't just burning your flesh. It felt like it was burning your soul down to the very core of your existence, eating away at your bond to the ether and the music of the spheres that powers your arcane magic. And that was absolutely (laughs) the worst experience of of your life. What are you guys doing? Uh, Man, I'm laughing. I'm laughing hysterically (laughs) at fate because the joke just turned horribly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Does, uh, can we, can we see the burns on him? (laughs) Oh man. So what is your cure wounds? Do you blow smoke on him? Uh, Well, first of all, of course, finger on his mouth saying, Uh, (laughs) Oh God. It'll all be okay. It'll all be okay. (laughs) And then I put the skull on the top of my staff up to his lips to kiss it and some light and smoke comes out of it. Okay. You see his crackled, disfigured skin smooth out. The the fissures which had opened up seal shut and uh, no, he doesn't have any scarring. He appears to be back to normal, just just not in good shape mentally or and definitely not back up to, to full health. But the, the visible nature of his wounds have healed. Can we do an investigation check around this plug to see if there's anything else that yeah. could tell us? Yep. 18? You can definitely tell that it, there's not any tripwires or anything and no hinges. No tripwires, no hinges, just a, a about a 10 foot diameter plug with a metal ring looped through a metal plate, which is bolted to the top of it. Huh. So taking that just a, a regular, just pulling of this ring is not going to work. It's going to probably be a little bit stronger than... Uh, we're gonna need to make like a pulley or something here. Yeah, a pulley. I'm guessing. That. I I will tell you. Yeah, it's not it's not super heavy. You guys you, you guys think you could probably pick it up? Okay, so we can try to open this hatch. Or yeah, I, again, I just need you to describe exactly what you're doing. Okay. See, I don't like that. <laughs> no. no. So we just need to try to explain how we're going to try to open up this hatch. I, I will I will tell you above board there is nothing threatening about opening this plug. Let's uh strength check everyone. Okay. That's what I would do. So I am going to reach down 
right and uh one foot two hands i'll use two hands mm-hmm. to grab this and yank with force because i'm unsure of how sh- much weight it is and i pull upwards on the plug give me a, a constitution saving throw just to see if you give yourself a hernia <laughs> you are pulling with all your might and his just straining and his uh oh, no. <laughs> yes. veins popping and you hear him go oh and yeah, you've you've thrown your back out, Todd. <laughs> oh, I know that. You for until you take a long rest, you'd have disadvantage on acrobatics checks. But the the stone doesn't budge, and I will tell you for a fact, it doesn't seem like it's sealed. It doesn't seem like it's heavier than it should be. It just seems like you're doing it wrong. Uh, I I grab the the ring and try turning it, like twisting it. <laughs> and <Yes>. it unscrews. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Todd takes damage. Yes, he pulled his back. I didn't take damage. What is what kind of No, he's got disadvantage. That's pretty bad. What kind of team do I have? He's got disadvantage <laughs> on dexterity checks, which is just as uh, which is worse than damage for Todd until he takes over. I'm sorry. I thought it was after acro- Oh, you said acrobatics check, but I'm guessing same thing, Dex, yeah. I'm sorry. I happen to be someone who is very intimately familiar with a bad back. While you were being a dragon man in a mystical world of fucking fantasy and imagination? <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess not. All right. You, you realize if your party members die, it's a bad thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Don't worry. I, I fucked him over already. Don't make me fuck him over <laughs> twice. Oh, I, I understand. I understand everyone's no one's safe is what I should say. And there's a dexterity check coming up to lower himself down into the tower. <laughs> so trust me, Ooh. there's still damage potentially coming. So good job, Aldrin. The other group that I, i.e. my family that I play tested this particular puzzle with took him a lot longer to try the fuck it all and screw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The thing, and in fact, as you unscrew it, you realize that the this particular plug is maybe a little bit porous. So it you're able to lift it up one handed after. After you on, on screen, and you guys can see down into the interior of the tower on a raised pedestal, dead center, floating in midair, is a glowing hilt with no blade in it. It is just a hilt floating there, and it calls up to you, Todd, save me, Todd. <laughs> so you guys would need to lower Todd, a lower rope and have Todd climb down, fashion some kind of harness and lower Todd down. It's just the question of, do you want Todd making a dexterity check or you guys doing an athletics check? Mission Impossible style. Let's do this. Are, are we using the same rope? <laughs> so we're lo- I just I just got one question. Is is no one in this party questioning the validity of a talking sword calling out to Todd? Like we have shot babies in the middle of the forest. We have stabbed random old ladies also in the middle of the forest. Nobody seems to be concerned. No one listens to that guy in ICU because he's burnt because he did something stupid. Let's not listen to him and let us let us lower me down. <laughs> Fate, do you have anything? <laughs> Todd. Don't let that nerd come between us, Todd. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> Loyal definitely doesn't argue. He's got a talking bag. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's purely for the dungeon master. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Moyle said that out loud. Moyle doesn't know. <laughs> a talking bag. So, so Todd's, Todd's not questioning it. I'm not questioning it. Fate, do you have anything in your books about a, any magical artifacts that might be a talking sword or something? Uh, um, 
maybe. Give me an ar- arcana check there, Fader Tater. Alrighty. Because you are a French fried maze. You like that, Fader Tater? <laughs> All right. It, 26. 26. Ooh. With a 26 arcana, you haven't heard anything about a, a bladeless hilt before, but you do know that there are magical intelligent weapons out there and magical intelligent artifacts and that depending upon the nature of the artifact and how they bond with their owner, they can either be extremely useful or extremely risky. It just depends on how smart the sword is and how smart the person wielding the sword is and how closely their goals align typically. See, given all of that in mind, no matter how this plays out, fate feels like he's fucked. <laughs> if this, no matter how this whole thing plays out with the sword and Todd being the two variables, this just can't end well. I just, yeah, no. Um, yeah. What I, what I know of sentient, Weapon. Commence to lowering me. You know what? You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. You know what? I hope I hope this works out for you. And he starts helping lower. <laughs> Go ahead. Go on. Go on. Get your sword. All right. Who's who's lowering Todd down? Two people. If it's a strength check, not me. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna help. I'll lower you, Todd. Athletics at advantage because you're getting help. So a twelve. Which is funny because you had a higher bonus on that. It's you only needed a bigger than higher than a ten. You guys are able to lower Todd down. Todd, as you get closer and closer to it, you see a a silver hilt, which doesn't have a blade on it at all. Underneath it is a dark, ebony, almost shark skin, textury feeling handle wrapped with alternating patterns of silver and, fuck, you think that's platinum wire. As you extend your hand out and wrap your fingers around this hilt it it feels like it was made for your hand and at the bottom the hilt terminates in a a spiky ball almost like it's got it's got some some edge to it almost like that the tip of a morning star at the base of the hilt when todd thinks about what his perfect sword would be what does it look like the what what is it a is it a short sword is it as a rapier what is todd's platonic idea of a sword it is the Sword of Omens from uh, Thundercats. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it, is a, it is a short sword by default, but can grow magically into a long sword. <laughs> the old boner sword. Got it. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about, Todd. <laughs> 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 you know, yes, with the two curls at the end that look like balls. Yes. <laughs> the hilt doesn't change, but the blade arranges itself a glowing, ghostly, silver, almost there, almost not blade materializes in the shape of a short sword. And it says to you, oh, Todd. And you know that should you command it, it could grow to the size of a long sword if you will it to. Ooh. It does have the ability to form your ideal blade. So if your ideal blade is a short sword that can extend into a long sword, that's exactly what this has the ability to form. Power pull, extend. It introduces itself as Echo, and it's very happy that you you two have finally met, and it's very happy to be yours, just as happy as it is for you to be its, and then it goes silent. Yay. You guys are able to hoist Todd out fairly easily. Do you want to explore the rest of the field, or is it time to head for home? Uh, we're going home. Head home. Fate's hurt. Oh, fate is almost dead. Fate's <laughs> almost dead. Home. I want a magic bow. Come on, let's look for stuff. Oh, nope, nope, I'm good. <laughs>
<laughs> I I don't have any more spells left. Yeah, we we need a long rest. <laughs> Can we come back? <laughs> no, great. I'm I'm happy we have your support. Uh, you guys are welcome to come back to the Fields of Madness anytime you want. I will tell you they do refresh and shuffle and change over time. I will also say that this is by no means the deadliest shit out here that you encountered. <laughs> this was the fairly easy mode version of the Fields of Madness. There is some wicked shit out here. So you guys make your way back to the entrance. Wait, I was going to say, on the way back out, as we come across that totem pole, Fate says, you know what? I want that fucking staff. <laughs> and he just starts climbing. Okay. Oh, <laughs> what? You have oh, nine health points? That was in there. <laughs> 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 As you put your hands on the, how tall is Fate? Uh, five eight. Is he four eight now? <laughs> no, you you put him back to regular. Okay. okay. Eight. So <laughs> the first one you would come in contact then would be the the hear no evil dwarf. Give me a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> Seventeen. So you are not deafened. The only one you're able to kind of skip over is that bottom one, which would be the speak no evil. Mm-hmm. You are going to have to make four other saving throws as you climb up. So give me your next saving throw. 16. You are not blinded. <laughs> good. 22. You do not lose your sense of smell. What? Whoa. <laughs> Last one. And... Yeah, you can still smell Todd. Oh, six. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> you do, however, lose your sense of touch as you climb up to the top. Give me a dexterity saving throw at disadvantage since uh-huh. you don't have any feeling in your hands or feet or body, and it feels like you are locked inside a fleshy prison. 18. You are able to wrap your arms and legs around the... And again, it feels like you're moving limbs that have been asleep and hold yourself in place to prevent yourself from falling, but you are unable to climb up or climb down without risk of falling again. Mm. Mm. I mean, I could use feather fall. Yep, you absolutely could. Oh, wait, could I? I, I don't... Yeah, you can use it. I use my freebie. What, what, how would you I... You can burn a first level spell slot to, to do it a second time. Okay, I mean, I feel like that's kind of unfair because I used that second you level. Guys at- you guys are at the end of this. You guys, you'll, you'll be re- rebooted back to everything at the end of this. How, how, how much health do you have? Uh, nine, like nine, hit nine health. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, you, you would take up to 2d6 damage if you just dropped. Up to 2d6? That's not, that's not fine. That's enough, that's enough to knock me that's out That's enough again. to knock him out. You probably wouldn't. <laughs> I, I mean, does anyone else? Because if I'm being honest, I technically don't have it. You have a level one still spell. It'll be fine. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. You, you got you got level one heals. I guess. Uh, um, uh, if sure. Can I? So I can't. I can't climb up anymore. So I use. So I used um, two level ones, I think, and I definitely used three level right. twos. Can I? Can I try to climb up with disadvantage? All right. I want you to imagine that all your limbs are asleep. You can't feel anything. <laughs> you probably can't even stand up. Like a sack of potatoes. I can see myself moving. Your option at this point is fall or hold on. (sighs) Fall. All right. I'll I'll use feather fall. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. All right. So fate drifts down numbly. 
Moyle, give me a religion check. Okay. Is that good? Is that useful? Thought we'd try it. Um, oh, should I get off of advantage? Nah, I'll go ahead and let you have revenge. Because as a priest of Relishage, and especially having grown up with the Swamp Place, you're very familiar with curses, and fate has been cursed. And until a sufficiently high enough level cleric casts remove curse on him, he will not have a sense of touch, which will give him a just fucking a shit ton of disadvantage. <laughs> on really any saving throw or action or ability that requires having a sense of touch or movement. So you're kind of toddling around like the scarecrow when he first climbed down in Wizard of Oz. He's on down. Fate uh, with almost like a drunken stumble. Uh. And Ron kind of looks back from the gate at you and goes, I think it's time to cut your losses. Ooh, fate. You're out of touch, and Swanson's out of time. Wow. Come on, hollow notes? <laughs> <sighs> Is there something else you want to try and do to get that, that stab? Nope. Oh, he didn't grab it? I'm pretty sure there's a puzzle there, but uh, no one wanted to uh, try any other unearth configurations in it. So no I, I will tell you flat out, there is no way to disarm the statue. You have to get the, the thing off the top without touching it or by making the saving throws. Yeah, like I said, guys, we were supposed to get on each other's shoulders. I'll, I'll take one shot at it with an arrow. All right, roll to hit. 15. Uh, no. <laughs> you graze it, but it's not enough to knock it off. Like when you tag it, it kind of spins around a little bit, and you can see it's kind of slotted down into the top of something. So it's like in a, almost like a, a divot holding it in place. Yeah. Cradle. Can I, can I try one more time with my player warrior activated to give a little bit more oomph? Yes, you certainly can. Oh, shit. No. <laughs> Fate activates his mental uh, link and tells him, no, the last thing you shot that I wanted broke. Leave it the hell alone. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's fine. Will Swanson ask us to leave the stuff we got behind because this is like a park? That you could talk to him. Well, let's not talk to him. I'm not <laughs> talking to him. You just, you just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just commenting that if you go to a park in real world, I have put my sword in my infinite pants of pockets. <laughs> Telepathically, he tells everybody to take me back to Taliesin so I can get uncursed. This is bullshit. You guys drag a numb and bewildered fate back to your cart. Swanson Ron gives you a nod as you walk away. You guys get back on your cart and head back to town. And that's where we'll end the session. We're coming back. Okay. So to be clear, the rules on the field of madness, every time you come back, those those are going to be rearranged. So the totem pole will never be the closest to the entrance again. Well, not never. But well, it's not going to be like you just walk back and just fuck with the totem pole again next time. It's a one in 40 chance that it'll be in the same place, is it right? That, that seems fair. Okay. Some solid math. 